Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Arts Report on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from traditional unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver at the UBC Point Grey campus. I'm Lou Presidio, and I'm here with my co-host, Sarah Unju. <laughs> and today we have a very special show because it is Fun, fun Drive. drive. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we coordinated that. Yeah. And Fundrive is our annual fundraiser here at CITR, and our goal, our goal this year is to raise $30,000, and we have already reached um, 16000 but we need our, your help to get there up to 30000 So yes. why should you donate? Well, you should donate for multiple reasons, but the most important is to, you know, help us continue what we're doing as a radio, uh, CITR in this quarter. It's a nonprofit. We are a nonprofit, and we are like personally us. We're volunteers, so we don't get paid. So like, we're not making any profit off your donations. It's just helping us improve this um, the station, basically. So you're helping with the station costs. We are getting ourselves new microphones. Um, new turntables, you know, stuff like that. It really helps. Even $5 even help because, you know, without you, we're not able to continue what we're doing. Fun Drive only happens once a year. So what you donate right now is going to help us keep what we're doing for a whole year. And, you know, that's that's... That's really amazing, I think. That's like the best part. Yeah. But actually, the best part is, is <laughs> that if you pledge um, to our show specifically, yes. uh, like, well, if you pledge in general, you can get CITR swag depending on the price of how much you donate. But in addition to that, if you sh- uh, pledge to our show specifically, with a minimum donation of $30, you can get a personalized digital portrait. Um, with a minimum donation of $50, you can get a personalized painting on any item of your choosing. This could be denim, a jacket, a backpack, anything like that. And with $70 or more, you can get a personalized embroidery yeah. on either an item of your choice or on a embroidery hoop. hoop. Is that what yes, they're called? Yes, exactly. Also, not to mention that these things are going to be made by us. So the portrait and the painting Lua will be doing and the embroidery I will be doing. So, you know, with these donations, you're going to get to have something that was handmade and that was, you know, that represents basically us, kind of. Yes. And for the CITR swag, with $30, you get a customized, with $30 just $30 or $5 a month, you can you get a customized CITR and a Squirter front drive candy hearts. And they're so, so cute. And oh they say, God. like, I love CITR. Yeah, so um, I love them. With $60 or $10 a month, uh, you get a Don't Talk to Me Until I've Ever Had My Discorder mug, plus the customized CITR and Discorder Fun Drive Candy Hearts. With 101.9, hey. <laughs> a donation of $101.9 or $15 a month, you get a UBC toque toque that's how you say it not a uvc oh Oh my god yeah it's a toque (laughs) it's a toque okay okay. um toque is a beanie i didn't know this until i came here (laughs) um so a citr toque slash beanie um an on-air song dedication on valentine's day which has a limit of 30 people so be one of the first 30 people to donate 101.9 uh and then plus the other stuff that we said before and then one seventy five or twenty dollars a month, you get a fishbowl tape. In addition to all the things I just said, with yes. two fifty or twenty five a month, you get a framed cover of Discord magazine plus all the things I just oh said. Oh my god, damn! With five hundred or thirty five a month, you get to host your own show on CITR one hundred one point nine FM. Um, and all donors will be recognized on CITR.ca in the April and May issue of Discord magazine. And again, plus all of the above items I said before. Yeah. And if you donate $1,000 or $50 a month, you get a box set of Pop Alliance compilations recognition on our donor wall. Plus, again, all, all of the, the items above. that I said yes. before. Exactly. And so how do you donate, Sarah? Well, you can donate in many ways, one of them being online. Nowadays, everything is done online, so it's really easy. You just go to citr.ca slash donate, and then 
it basically tells you what to do there you can choose how much you want to donate and then also if you're uh if you heard about fundrive from us and you want to you know get some of our cool prizes you can choose the arts report for the you know my donation was inspired by this show part and then you put in your information and submit it and you've donated and that is amazing super easy or if you're not really you know good with using the internet or you don't really want to donate online you can also call our phone lines are open from 1 p.m till 9 p.m every day so our phone lines are open right now you can donate by calling 604-822-68648 so okay i'm saying that again that is 604-822-8648 and it's really easy because if you call someone's just gonna pick up and then they're gonna if you don't remember any of the prizes or any of the you know like the pledge amounts for anything you want you can just ask them and they'll let you know everybody here is really helpful so basically that is it <laughs> so online citrs.ca slash donate or by phone 604-822-8648 um one thing though uh phone lines are open until tomorrow right phone lines aren't open on friday for what I know, let me. <laughs> well, well, we can get that information that, but... and get back to you guys on that. But you can definitely call now if you're interested. There are people, there are volunteers that are just waiting beside our phone, so excited to hear your call. Exactly. And so with that, we are now going to move on to. Yes. You... Yes. Okay. I'm really sorry I caught you off. I just want to um, tell you that phone lines are open um, until tomorrow, 9 p.m. So like from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but now let's move on a little bit more to our actual show and like, you know, the reason that we keep doing what, what we do. Doing. Yes. And so please consider donate so we can keep creating this kind of contact. Con not contact. Contact. Context. Content. <laughs> wow. Neither of us are good at English. <laughs> and so now we're going to listen to an interview with one of the creators of Cleo, a giant clitoris puppet learning to love herself. <laughs> This was a really short play, about 35 minutes long. Um, very, very funny, very cool. And it really talks about the experience of having a clitoris. It does talk about it from a fe uh, woman's perspective, like a, a assigned female at birth perspective. However, they do acknowledge that that's not the only experience of people that do have vaginas. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, once you watch the entire thing, you're like, ah, anyone that has a vagina can relate to it. <laughs> And so let's listen to that. I'm Lua and I'm here with Julia Munch, the co-founder of Puppets Not Patriarchy. How are you, Julia? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, too. I'm very excited for the show that you guys are putting on right now. Cleo, a giant clitoris puppet learning how to love herself. <laughs> and so can you tell me more about the show? What is it about besides, you know, a giant clitoris to a puppet learning how to love herself. <laughs> well, the show is really about demystifying female pleasure. And it's an exploration of pleasure and sexuality and learning how to love yourself. We do it through the personification of a giant clitoris puppet. And there are lots of moments with Cleo that are very exciting to watch. And there's also some moments with the actors themselves where we have direct address to the audience. I would say it's a very authentic show speaking honestly about this subject matter, and, but it's also really fun and entertaining and whimsical, and it's just a big fun time, the whole, the whole show. It's not a very serious, serious show. Um, it's meant to be fun and to make people feel more comfortable in their bodies. I feel that it's going to be not just fun, but a hilarious show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm very excited for it. Um, but where did the idea of creating a puppet that's a clitoris come from? Well, it came from my co-creator, Hannah Pearson, and I. We both decided that we wanted to do a fringe show. So the first iteration of Cleo was actually at the Montreal Fringe in 2018. And we signed up to do the Montreal Fringe. I'm from Montreal. Hannah is not. She's from Salt Spring Island. 
and we decided on the subject matter based off of our shared love of sexuality and puppetry and we figured out what a clitoris looked like we we learned the full anatomy of the clitoris quite late in our 20s unfortunately we did not learn this in school but we learned it about a couple of years ago and we just realized it would be a great shape for a puppet because it has little legs and little arms and <laughs> has a little head and it's really cute and it looks kind of creature-like so we decided that we both felt really close to that subject matter and we were both enraged that we did not know about our the full anatomy of our clitorises and we felt like everybody needed to know this and it was absolutely absurd and we hadn't found this out before. Honestly, sounds sounds like a great thing that came to life from it. Yeah. <laughs> and so definitely. Um, I actually saw a little bit of Cleo um, as part of Hysteria, which happened yeah. early on this year. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. No, the, uh, last year. Oh my god! So long yeah, ago. <laughs> September. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I watched Hysteria. Hysteria was an amazing play. I was very, very happy to have had a chance to watch it. I actually took my parents to see Hysteria with me. Oh, amazing. And when Cleo came on in that show, I just laughed so much. Like, my stomach <laughs> was hurting. I had tears rolling down my face from laughing so much. And my Did mom... Did you know it was, like, clitoris? Yes, yes. When it came out, okay. I was like, wait, what is this? And I was like, and then they said, like, oh, I'm Cleo. And I was like, ah, this makes sense. <laughs> and my mom, who was besides me, was also, like, screaming with laughter. <laughs> and so we both thought, like, as soon as we left the show, we were both like, this, th- if we were just, just that, like, we ha- <laughs> I wish there was a show just about that clitoris because it would be such a great show. And now here it is. <laughs> yep. Yep, there is a show. <laughs> and so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, where does the idea of, you know, creating a play for adults from puppetry comes from? And mm-hmm. how come you guys developed it this way? Yeah, I love puppetry and I discovered puppetry. Um, I discovered my love for puppetry actually in adulthood, even though I saw puppets probably as a kid growing up. It was, I saw a show, I saw the, the Aeneid made as a puppet show and I was I realized when I left the show that even though the puppets faces didn't move I remember their facial expressions and I forgot about the puppeteers and I just found it was the most magical thing ever um so I that's where my love from puppetry comes from and I just think that when you're talking about you know subject matter that um you, sh- you can learn about it in high school, but particularly what we're end up talking about the show is something I feel like adults really um, relate to. I think there's something about having a puppet there and that the puppets being something that is in around during, during your childhood and it's meant to be like a fun, silly thing and using something that is a fun, silly thing to uh, speak about some serious, you know, sexy matters. <laughs> um, I think it adds an extra je ne sais quoi makes people also more open to listening to it because instead of being caught up in the awkwardness of oh my god it's a clitoris uh sex uh i don't know how to speak about this you are just drawn into the puppeteering and you're drawn into the movement and the physical theater so it i think it takes away some of the awkwardness to to watch a puppet move and focus on that and then through puppetry movement and through everything you're seeing Cleo going through you're getting the story you're seeing yourself in Cleo um you're seeing how it relates to reality even though it's a personified clitoris so I think it really helps and so for Cleo how many puppeteers do you need to manipulate her two it's Hannah and myself um I puppeteer Cleo's head and one arm and one foot and Hannah puppeteers on the other foot the other arm and sometimes her uh holds her body to do some fun dance movements or something <laughs> <laughs> and so are, is the show just the two of you and cleo or are there more elements so more there's characters? also we've got uh stephanie wong she's our set designer props master as well as our uh, our third actor and she never puppeteers cleo but she plays multiple characters um and helps enable the storytelling um, we also all will play ourselves to a certain degree. Sometimes Cleo isn't being puppeteered, and it's just us. Um, 
being ourselves on stage. Uh, yeah, Stephanie will play a hand at one point in the show <laughs> that Cleo gets to go on a date with. <laughs> I love yeah. that already. <laughs> yeah. And so the this show, Cleo, a giant clitoris puppet learning to love herself, is going to be performed at the Art of Loving Sex Shop. So yes. it's actually going to be performed inside a sex shop. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's an interesting venue. Why did you guys choose yes. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we found out that the Art of Loving did sex seminars and had done performances there. And we decided to visit it and find out how the logistics of that would work. And we went into the shop and we were like, okay, hey, this is quite small, <laughs> but it's not like a separate room. It's literally in the sex shop. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's no real set design. Our background, our se- it's sex toys. We've got, there's dildos on the wall. There's like bondage stuff on the wall. You're literally just sitting in the shop. And we thought it was just a perfect spot for Cleo. Already we felt we did done Cleo in the Montreal Fringe. She doesn't require much tech. Um, I think the show is so raw and honest to begin with that it's okay that we're all standing there together just having some candid conversations about our clitorises. So when we visited the venue, Hannah and I decided that we had to make it work and we were just going to use the limitations to our advantage. Um, And I think it makes for a really fun, intimate space. And I think it makes perfect sense for a clitoris to be hanging out in a sex shop for this show. (laughs) And so um, will the sex shop be open after the show for people that, you know, found, like, learn from Cleo? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, people can browse before or after the show. Uh, They could, I'm sure the Art of Loving staff would be, are happy to help. They are so warm and helpful every time people come in so i highly recommend they have so many great books and products in that store and lots of great stuff for female pleasure so (laughs) well i'm I'm very excited could you also remind us of the dates and how where how and where you can buy tickets yeah so you can get tickets at theartofloving.ca slash calendar you want to go into uh it's called cleo puppet show special event and you can get tickets there uh the show is on uh opens february 7th and runs until february 14th uh we have a bonus show on february 14th at 10 30 p.m uh but you can see all the details at theartofloving.ca and at puppets not patriarchy our uh, facebook page and our instagram has all that information as well well, perfect. Thank you so much for taking your time and doing this interview with us. And Thank you so much for the fun interview. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, uh, this is probably like the, the highlight of my weekend. I already know it's going to be the highlight of my weekend. Because I'm like, uh, this is like what I need right at the end of my week to like start my new week fresh and be like, you know what? I'm in a great mood. <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again. And bye-bye. Bye. And that was Julia Munch, one of the co-founders of Puppets Not Patriarchy, which is presenting Cleo, a giant clitoris puppet learning to love herself. Um, Should be a very fun show. Go check it out. It's running from February 6th to 14th. One thing that makes CITR such a special place is that we've been hosting a Canadian music icon on our airwaves for over three decades. So we called another Vancouver 101 radio station to see if they also host him. Good afternoon, Rock 101. Hi. Um, is it your station that has um has the show with that guy? He's that, uh, it's that really like kooky guy. Wears like the Scottish hat. He's like pretty famous. I think he's interviewed like Nirvana and Drake and John Cretchen and Jagmeet Singh and you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> No, not yeah. that I'm aware of. He's he's uh, got like that catchphrase. It's like do 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 do. <laughs> Nardwar, Nardwar, that's it. Nardwar. Do do you have Nardwar? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. What do you do? You know what station he is at? Um, let me see. Hmm. <laughs> CITR, what station is that? 
Oh, that's that's uh, 101.9 nope. FM. CITR. Yeah, 101.9. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh okay. Well, thanks so much for your help. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's right, only CITR 101.9 FM has Nardwar the Human Serviette, which should be reason enough to donate during Fund Drive. So visit citr.ca slash donate or call 604-822-8648. TransCare BC works to enhance the coordination of trans health services across the province and offer expanded health services to support transgender communities. They are doing this by developing gender-affirming client-centered models of service ensuring access to gender-affirming and supportive healthcare that is equitable and available, and supporting network development to make sure trans and gender-diverse individuals, their families, and healthcare providers have access to information, resources, and support. Check out phsa.ca to learn more about this program and lend your voice to help create an inclusive and supportive system for trans members of our community. And hello. Hi, hi. <laughs> We're back. And so within Fun Drive, do you have a Valentine? Do you like not have a Valentine? That is totally fine. I do not have a Valentine. I don't either. <laughs> well, regardless if you do or if you don't, we still have the best thing to do this Valentine's Day. Yeah. So February 14th, this Friday, um, from 8.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. at the Red Gates Art Society, we will be having a Fun Drive finale party. Yeah. Um, and it's a big party to celebrate all the contributors of our, all the contributions of our donors and the hard work of all of our volunteers. Thank you so much to all our donors and volunteers. And it's only $10 at the door and it's open to all ages. So if you can't make a donation, maybe why like not check out a fun event with a bunch of cool bands? Yeah, exactly. Go for you it. Know? And in talking about cool stuff, <laughs> there are some other really fun things that are happening this week and the next week um, are happening around Vancouver. And so first, the Talking Stick Festival is happening right now. Um, it is in its 18th year, and it began as a way to showcase and celebrate Indigenous art and performance to a wider audience. Uh, from its humble beginnings, this unique and exciting event has grown into a full two-week festival held annually in February. And again, 18th year. That's a lot Damn. of history. It is. And it has locations around Vancouver um, and a bunch of different performances and events that you can check out on their website, which is TalkingStickFest. So sorry, TalkingStickFest.ca. Uh, another event that's going on um will will be happening we won't be having a show next week which is why i'm bringing it up right now is the coastal dance festival which sarah and i you know how much we love dance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're really sad that we won't be able to cover it um well we might be able to cover it you know yeah Maybe. because we'll it's see. going on until march 1st yeah and we're back in february 20 what 24th yep but we do want to give them a shout out, a big, big shout out, because it's such a cool um, celebration of dance. Again, happening February 25th to March 1st um, at the Museum of Anthropology at UBC, MOA, and at the Anvil Center in New Westminster. And this year's festival welcomes 14 Indigenous performance groups through the Brit throughout British Columbia, Alaska, the Yukon, Nuvavut. Um, as well as international guest artists from far as far away as New Zealand, which Damn. is really cool and really impressive. Um, and entrances by donation for certain performances. And you know what else? Well, you know what else you can donate to? Fun Drive here yeah. at CITR. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so please support your local local radio if you can. Support your local artists. Support your local performance. Um, art is so fragile, and we do these things because we love them but we can't do it without your support yeah and exactly. really no donation is too little even five dollars help and last but not least sarah is going to talk to talk about um a cool show she's going to see tonight yes um, I that am. is running through this weekend so yes um so i am seeing gruesome playground injuries that is being put on by Untold Once Theater, which is an interesting name. I feel like I Untold Once. Anyways, um, it's going on until so. So it's happening today on the fourteenth and the fifteenth. So it's their last three shows. 
Um, the one on the 15th is a matinee at 2 p.m., so I feel like that's really good. Matinees are always fun. Anyway, so what Gruesome Playground Injuries is about, so these childhood friends, Doug and Kayleen, um, they meet over the course of 30 years, but like every time one of them is drawn back into the other's life um, with a new self-inflicted wound, uh, they're, they, they're, they go their separate ways again, and this you know affects both of them naturally and it's a funny but also a touching play that takes a microscope to the societal repercussions of love and family and explores the psychological and physical toll it can take on two people in this world who are you know keeping each other alive um one exciting thing is that the playwright actually is a pulitzer pulitzer prize like award winner writer so that's that's really cool yeah it's gonna be it should be a really good play yeah it's gonna be a really really good play where is it again it's at the van city culture lab oh so it's like a very intimate stage too yes so that should be very fun like those you know like havana is like that too and you get to see every little sweat (laughs) like (laughs) oh my god like they're putting in so much effort i can see the sweat coming down their face Yeah, I like I like the intimacy of theater. It, it has special. I think the thing, the cool thing about theater is that if you're in a big stage, you get that like grander yeah feeling. But if you're a tiny stage, you get the like proximity. You're like in the story with the characters. Yes. And film has also like a little bit of those two. But it's, it's it's a different experience to know that the people that are performing in front of you they they can mess up and like at any moment and you know like it's like the pressure theater is hard honestly actor like theater actors um they have to like memorize everything and they only have one shot there's no like let's take it again do it from the start stuff like that so like it's really amazing uh how much they can do I don't know, it's just, it's really cool. And so we are now going to hear an interview that Sarah conducted. Um, Do you want to introduce that one? Yes, I would love to. (laughs) Just introducing stuff. Um, So it is called Steel Magnolias. Um, So Steel Magnolias, wow, English. Steel Magnolias is happening um from february 14th so it's starting on valentine's day and until march 8th which is you know it's really cool that it's starting at um february 14th because they're apparently handing out like um roses and prosecco for the audience which because you know it's valentine's day and it's just it's really cool i know right (laughs) it's so so cool i don't know i just found that really really nice um anyway so what still magnolias is about i mean we're gonna be hearing that in the interview already so i'm not sure (laughs) if i should like talk about it anymore but like just know that it's a all women cast there are six of them i believe um yes it's six women um their i just want to say their website is gorgeous go check it out apparently one of the actors is a graphic designer too oh i love yeah. that people with multiple talents oh my god yes <laughs> it's so good anyways yeah so it's running at the nest on granville island i just i don't want to really you know give away too much because you're gonna hear about it in the interview anyways um but basically it's about shelby who has type 1 diabetes and um her like let's not say struggle but like how people step up for her and apparently this play was written based on the writers robert herling i think that's his name um his personal like actual experience with his sister having um type 1 diabetes and apparently she passed um like she died because of that and so it's a very like personal real um play basically yes and so their website if you are interested in checking it out is steelmagnoliasvancouver.com um and it's really pretty like really really pretty pretty, (laughs) but anyway let's go into this interview right 
now. Hey, today I'm here with Jamie Piercy, who is playing Shelby in Boondock Productions Steel Magnolias. Hi, Jamie. Hello. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about Steel Magnolias? Yes, so it's a play. It's set in 1984 in uh, the South in the United States. And uh, it kind of centers around these six women. Um, and my character, Shelby, has type 1 diabetes. And it's a bit of her story. It starts with um, she's about to get married. And um, it's about her relationship with her mother and the women around her. Everyone has their own sort of plot and, uh, and journey that they go through throughout the show. And... Uh, it's basically how six women deal with the struggles of life and how they get through it together. And even if they have conflict within themselves, how they ultimately uh, love each other and persevere. Really interesting. So you just said you're playing Shelby. Mm. Um, I want to ask, what was your interest in playing this role? Well, I would say I just loved her personality. She's so warm to the people around her, and she has diabetes. She's had it since she was really young, so her whole life that she can remember. And she just doesn't want to have it. She just hates the fact that she's sick and that she has to um, adjust things in her life to compensate for it. And um, I just really admired her strength and her courage, and her optimism. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't always make the best choices, because she doesn't always want to deal with reality, but she's really lovely. And I just I just kind of fell in love with her when I read the script. Okay. Um, so do you feel connected to the role at all? And if so, how do you feel connected? I feel connected in a way that... Um, the relationships that she has with the people around her. She wants the best for people. And I feel like I also want the best for people. And sometimes go far out of my way in order to accomplish that, which isn't yeah, always in my <laughs> best interest. And uh, she doesn't really, I'm trying to find a balance in my own life of making sure I'm taking care of myself and then other people. But she doesn't really find that balance, but it's such an admirable quality, and she's so optimistic, and I would like to be as optimistic as she is. Um, so, this production is partnered with BC Diabetes Research Network and mm -hmm. the BC Children's Hospital Research Institute. I wanted to ask, what does this mean to you that this production is partnered with uh, such research network? It's amazing. I mean, this whole play is such a passion project for mm -hmm. all of us involved. This is something we really wanted to do and and to have such an official organization um, be partnered with us and supporting it and then for us to be able to, to give a little something back from our ticket sales is really um, like just fulfilling, just like yeah. creatively and mm -hmm. mentally just it feels so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Boondog Productions, that's the name of our collective. Oh, so, okay. um, we created it, uh, I think, a year ago mm -hmm. um, to, in order to do this this show. And it's called Boondog because that's the name of my dog. His name is Boom. So we named it after him. He's our, uh, it's, his, it's his production company, really. <laughs> that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> He's very cute. <laughs> okay. Um, switching uh, back to the mm -hmm. play itself. Because this play is based on um, Robert Hadling, the writer's own experience with his sister's death. Yeah. So it's um, such a new issue. I want to ask, like, how is this production different from the productions you've been in before? Like, does the fact that it's um, it's inspired from such a real issue does that make it different? Um. Yes and no. Yeah. I guess as an actor doesn't totally change how you approach the text or how you approach um, getting to know a character. Mm -hmm. But uh, especially since I'm playing Shelby and that's, you know, that's who uh, 
his sister was yeah. kind of based off of. And uh, it makes it feel like it's a little more special. It makes it feel like it's, like, I really want to do justice to mm-hmm. it. And I don't want to, um, I don't know, I just want to, I just want to make sure that if he saw it, he'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that seems a little like my sister, you know? <laughs> um, so, what is, like you said, like, how you approach the text and how you get to know the characters. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that process itself totally. for you? Totally, yeah. So, the first thing I always do is I go through my script and I write down all of the things I say about myself. Mm-hmm. And then I write down all the things other people say about me mm-hmm. to get an idea of how. I perceive myself and how other people perceive me. So that's sort of the first, like, step I do. And then I can think about um, how I really figured out how optimistic she was about herself. And I figured out how much she cares about other people that way. And uh, basically, you just have to read the script, like, a million times. (laughs) And then even so, you get into, like, you know, you're working it on the stage, and then you're saying something, you go, oh, that is interesting. I never thought about that before. And it just comes in a new way. Acting is really wonderful and weird, and you think you have everything figured out, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I have nothing figured out. And then the next day you go, oh, actually, I have more, and it just keeps on going from there, really. Yeah, that's an amazing process, and I think it's really interesting because you can see so many characters in so many different productions, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't have nothing to do with my next question. <laughs> started at the beginning of January, oh, so okay. uh, just over a month now. Okay. Yeah. And when are you opening? We open on Friday, so Valentine's Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have a date for Valentine's Day. Yeah. So it's CCO Magnolias. We're going to give out glasses of uh, Prosecco and oh. roses and cupcakes, so it's going to be uh, pretty special. February 14th until March 8th. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty nice. Yeah, three uh, weeks should yeah. give people lots of time to come see it. Exactly. Go see Steel Magnolias and go see Jamie there. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Um, it was really nice hearing all about this. It was really interesting. And I'm happy to stay. Thank you. <laughs> Now the patriarchy is dead, and we killed it. If you identify as a woman, femme, trans, or non-binary, CITR wants you on the air. You can talk about literally whatever you want as long as you care about it. No worries if you have no experience, we'll train you in everything you need to know. Come by CITR and say hi. Hey, hi, hello. From 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday to help us never play Led Zeppelin on CITR 101.9 FM ever again. Fundrive 2020, CITR's annual fundraiser extravaganza, is happening right now. This year's theme is Crush on CITR. And since we deal primarily in sound around here, we started wondering, what does a crush sound like? Hey, do you want to make out? It's like that um, filter on Instagram. It's like... Well, um, as great as those answers were, uh, we're kind of hoping this year a crush sounds a bit more like... Because your donations are what allow us to do, well, almost everything. Hosting free radio and podcast trainings publishing the amazing Discorder magazine, producing local independent news, 
promoting and playing local music, and so much more. Our fund drive goal is to reach $30,000 by February 14th. You can show your crush on CITR right now by visiting citr.ca slash donate. Oh my. <laughs> Hi, we're back. <laughs> Almost forgot to turn on the mics and I was just like talking here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we do during ads, just talk to each other. But anyway, um, I love that ad. Me too, um, so much. It's a great, it's, it's just great. Yeah, it's just great. Um, and so right now I want to talk about a little bit more about Anywhere But Here. Um, a play by Carmen Aguirre um, and a rap created with Shad. Um, last week we had an interview with one of the cast members. She is one of the leads in the play. She, yeah. And um, this play, Anywhere But Here, is part of the Push Festival. It's happening at the Vancouver Playhouse from February 4th to 15th. So until this Saturday. And Anywhere But Here, let me remind you a little bit more um, what it's about and etc. So this is a story about immigration that utilizes magical realism to talk about not only immigration in the present, but in the past and potentially in the future. So, and it's not also any type of immigration, it's particularly immigration from Latinx, uh, from Latin um, countries, from South America and Central America, and etc., to North America. So it is a play that's main... So basically okay <laughs> get your it's, thoughts it's, it's just like it was a, just a very complicated play in general because because it used so many aspects of magical realism it sometimes became really hard to understand what's going on so the main plot is this family fled from chile after the 73 coup which killed Allende, where Allende was murdered, and they fled to Canada. Mm-hmm. So they fled, they fled through the U.S., get to Canada. They're in Vancouver. And in Vancouver, it's been six years since the coup, so technically in the world of play, it's 1979? Yes, 1979. And uh, they're living their lives, but the mother of that family decides that she's going to live in a commune of women, and she takes her daughters with them. It's not that the father is separated from the family. It's just that he's not in the same environment. But when he goes to visit her, he catches her cheating on him with with what he describes as a hippie. And he just keeps calling this dude a hippie because, you know, <laughs> he's jealous and upset and etc. And so what he does is he takes his two daughters who are aged 11, 12. However, they are played by adults, which who did an amazing incredible exceptional job at playing these two little girls um and not only the playing the girls themselves but the relationship between two sisters as i was watching this play i was like yes yes this is this is me and my sister because we also have a very short um age distance like the two of them i was like when i was 12 my sister was 11 Mm -hmm. and i was like yes that that's exactly how we acted (laughs) i was like oh yeah very very overwritten um and so he takes them and he decides all of a sudden in his rage that they're going to drive all the way back to Chile from Vancouver. Oh, wow. And so they start driving, they start driving, they start driving, they drive for three days. And basically the show happens within the car. Okay. And them kind of like recounting like what happened uh-huh. um, through their dialogue. Um, and we kind of like see a lot of, you know. A lot of the relationship between these two people, these two girls, and their relationship with their father and their relationship with their mother, and how the political instability in Chile affected their lives. And also this sense of like home where mm-hmm. the older sibling, she is very excited to be coming home to their home in Chile. But the younger sibling, she's like, I don't I don't know what you mean we're going home because yeah. my home is Canada. And she repeats it multiple times like my only memory is having a gun on the back of my head because because this family was socialist were socialist revolutionaries they were persecuted by the government after Allende 
was killed. And so these two very distinct perspectives of like, what is home? Where is home? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how they at the same time support each other, but fight about these things where one of them is, again, very excited, wants to go there. And the other one is like pulling back constantly. Like, I don't understand where we're going. I don't understand why we're doing this. And so the play starts progressing and they get stuck at the U.S. Uh, Mexico border. And the reason that happens is because there's a wall there. But you might be thinking, in 1979, there was no wall. And you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the instances in this play where magical realism comes into play. And the past and the present are meshed into one. Ooh. Where we actually have a character from 2020. Mm-hmm come in and be like what do you mean there's no wall this wall has been here for years it's the year 2020 and they're like no it's not <laughs> like what do you mean and so one of the kids tries to explain it in you know her kid mentality and she's like it's the st- time space continuum oh. <laughs> and it's very cute it's very endearing um and so again if my only critique of this play is that it felt very experimental mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a bad way um it had a lot of music it had a lot of really cool elements it tackled a, a story that was really really interesting and the uh, the performance was amazing the set absolutely stunning like mwah. <laughs> there was <laughs> actually like <laughs> there was sand on the set to oh represent the, like there were like the set the the stage was covered in sand or some kind of like oh wood chippings or something like completely covered and to give the effect of like it goes on forever it was also surrounded by mirrors oh my god so it kind of like just went on and i was like that is amazing and on top they had these projections oh my god i just touched (laughs) they had these projections um that kind of participated in the story so when they were in the car their imaginary car um you know the projections kind of switched Mm -hmm. and like to represent the movement and so all of those elements were really good Really well done and really entertaining. But the story itself was sometimes really hard to follow because although that is the main plot, there are a lot of mini subplots that feel like little skits Mm. that don't really connect to the main plot nor to each other that I was just very confused about. And at many moments in the play, I was just like, what? (laughs) I like, I just felt that they pulled away from it, you know? Like I was getting into the play. I was very, very Mm -hmm. interested, very like in the moment with the family and then all of a sudden we had this moment that was a complete shift a complete reversal to someone else in the middle of this desert and i was like completely taken aback uh, taken back and i was like oh okay i guess i guess we're completely shifting gears now Mm -hmm. i'm i'm not really sure what to do this is with this in my mind and so it was a lot of moments of like trying to get into the plate and like pulling back Mm -hmm. you know like i i think this is a very important play i think this play has a lot a lot of potential it was performed really well but again it felt experimental i don't think it's a bad play it's it's a good play but it's experimental so if that's not what you're into that's not what you're expecting this might not be the play for you but it is a performance that is tackling issues that i haven't seen tackled before in this way Mm -hmm. it is putting on a performance with magical realism on stage which is really hard magical realism is one of those literary things that literary movements that work really well on paper because you know you can follow and you can imagine things but on stage it's really hard to pull it off well and i do think they did pull it off really well and um it's just a beautiful relationship of sisters and siblings and just a beautiful familial relationship that's being portrayed. I just wish that I had more of that family time rather than the other moments. Mm-hmm. Some of those moments were interesting and some of the moments did work well together within the story. But overall, if I had the Plains, the Plains family story, I would have enjoyed it more and follow, been able to follow it better. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's kind of like a moment of you know um would i love to see this play again performed differently or maybe rewritten or reinterpreted absolutely this was a magnificent performance 
in in that sense but again very experimental so you know mm-hmm. it's pulling me both ways yeah i understand it's still well, worth seeing it though it's we- going on until saturday Oh. At the Vancouver Playhouse. And it, it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, just going to the Vancouver Playhouse is an experience in of itself, you know? That's true. It's really pretty. And so we are nearing the end of our show. And but before we go, I'd like to remind everyone once more. A fun drive. A fun drive. And how yeah. you can, do, why you should donate. Well, okay. So you probably heard us tell, tell you that, you know, fun drive. Um is wow words i'm really sorry fun uh, fun drive is it's a week-long you know fundraiser um it helps fund the operating costs of the station but you know why should you donate and help us found the operation costs of the station well because probably the reason why you're listening to the show is because you like the arts and CITR and Discord supports the local artists. Local artists need as much recognition as any other big artist. They put on as much work as the everybody else. And the amazing thing about CITR and Discord is that we prioritize local artists and support the local community. And so we sponsor a lot of local arts festivals like Vancouver International Film Festival or the um mountain fest the, the mountain film festival that's coming up and or the vancouver dance festival stuff like this and we also here on this show provide you in-depth coverage of almost everything that's happening in <laughs> well, vancouver what we can cover almost yes <laughs> what we can cover we're doing the best we can we're seeing everything like Every week, so many stuff. Um, And we give you interviews. We give you reviews. We have a bunch of shout-outs. I feel like there's, like, okay, not to be, like, you know, bragging, but (laughs) I feel like what we do here, like, the amount of information we get out into the people who are listening, um, you can't find anywhere else this much information. You can't find so many interviews with, you know, artists and, I mean, artists in general, but like actors or dancers or um, directors or creators or, you know, just... Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, so yeah, to please, to help us support the local arts and get the... You know, get the recognition that they deserve. You can uh, donate to us. You can donate at online at citr.ca/donate, or you can call in. The phone lines are open until 9 p.m. You can call in at 604-822-8648, and the phone lines are open tomorrow too, from 1 p.m. to 9 a.m. So nine, not 9 a.m. 9 p.m. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, yeah, you can also donate tomorrow. Like, why not donate both days? Because you can. <laughs> and don't forget that um, depending on the amount of that you donate, you can get a lot of prizes. So who doesn't love to, you know, you're donating and then you get a prize. And yeah, like, that's exactly. So cool. You're giving to a good cause and you get something back. Woo! Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're interested in checking out what the prizes are and the swag is, um, you can go to CITR, citr.ca slash donate. All the information is there. If you're interested in what, if you pledge to our show in particular, you can also get show specific, our show specific um, prizes, which include a personalized portrait or a personalized painting or a personalized embroider. Um, and so it's all up to you. We are here and very excited to um, be doing all these things if with when we get those donations. And we would just like to thank everyone who has volunteered, donated, contributed in any way to CITR. Yes. Your help and your support is what keeps us running. And again, we thank you so much for everything you've been doing. Coming up next is the medicine show um, with a... I'm guessing a really cool band because they already have their instruments out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always excited it's for the medicine be a fun show. Time. Yes, yes. Um, we won't be having a show next week, but we will be coming back, I guess, two weeks from now. Yes, exactly. And that is on the 26th. So thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to donate to 
CITR during your fund drive campaign. But also don't forget that even if you donate to during fund drive, you can still donate at other times. However, fund drive is the only time that you can get um, prizes for yes. your donations. Awesome, cool prizes like personalized digital portrait or <laughs> personalized basic or embroidery. Exactly. And all that stuff. Again, thank you so much for your support and see you two weeks from now. Bye. Bye. I am a serious rhythm machine. Now try Yesterday, before the sun 